Happening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Jay and Beery Boxing Podcast here in the Cult of Ramble Ranch in the Rambling Gay Man Studios. I am your host, Whiskey Jay, the cult leader himself, the Grand Wizard of Fuckery. You know the monikers, you know what's going on. Sadly, this is our last episode of 2021. I know, I know, you guys are going to miss us, but we're going out with a bang. We're going to review this weekend's fights. Haney Diaz, what are your thoughts? We'll give you ours. Tank Davis. Isaac or Isak? We'll tell you about that too. And we'll give you our last predictions for this fight weekend, which is Comey, Lomachenko, and many other boxing news, boxing topics, boxing everything. But ladies and gentlemen, I'll do this by myself. I do have a co-host. He's been with me all year. He's finishing it off with me. The one, the only, Hollywood B-Ray. Hey, what up, what up, man? What's going on, brother? Good, good, man. Good. It's been a while since I heard that one. Hollywood B-Ray. Hollywood B-Ray. I, know, right? I, I, I thought I'd bring it back one more time. Yeah. Right? Hollywood B-Ray, Sacramento Bad Boy. Yeah, I had all the, these names. The founder of the Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner. Club. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to what Julio Cesar Chavez weigh in, I believe. Yeah, like, I, think, like, uh, I think you did a GoFundMe to make sure Julio Cesar Chavez <laughs> makes, it to, makes it to a legit weigh-in like, at the weight. That was really true. I don't know where the fuck the money went. Sure you didn't. <laughs> That's how you been, man. What's going on? Good, good, man. Really, really good. You know, I'm just waiting for the year to end, honestly. I'm just really? waiting for it to end. I really am. I feel like it's going by too quick. I don't want it to go this quick. You don't want it to be... The, you know what? I, I don't either because I love Christmas, but I just I just want this, this year to fucking end already. Put it behind me and start fresh. That's been my attitude ever since... You know, basically this when this month started... That's been kind of been my attitude. I don't want to, like I said, because I love Christmas, but I'm just like, this just ended. This really ended. <laughs> want to start fresh. I didn't have a great start. I am thinking very strong. I think that's what it is. I just want to really start, really, really put it behind me now. I think I'm in the mentality that I know if I finish this week, um, this will be the last time I do podcasting this year. Because today, today, tonight we're doing the last episode. That's right. Tomorrow I do Geek In, Geek Out will be my mm-hmm. last episode. And then this week I'll be doing the last episode of Rambling, which puts me on a three-week hiatus, which yeah. would be my longest break of ever. I've right. ever gone in podcast. Yeah. So I think that's what I was like. It's going by too quick. So right now this is a little bit of... Not sentimental. It's not like we're finished. It's not like we're not coming back. I mean, we're, right. com- yeah. we're coming back. But no. I think it was, uh, to me, uh, started strong, finishing strong. Yeah, and 
Well, I felt last week we finished even stronger. I mean, that was one of the best episodes we've done, and even people gave us credit. Like, yo, they that was did. one of the best episodes really we've, we've heard you guys. And, right. <laughs> and, I, and I go, how the fuck are we going to top it? And we weren't planning to come back, ladies and gentlemen. We were not no, planning to come back. Not really. But we had people going, well, no, you cannot leave without giving us your opinion on Haney, Jojo <laughs> Diaz. You can't leave without giving us Tank Davis. And b reminds me, it wouldn't be a JRB Ray boxing podcast without me doing my year in review pound for pound list. Yeah. I, unlike other people, I would do pound for pound list every month. I do it at the end of the year. That's I do true. an overall overview of the pound for pound list. Mm-hmm. Like I go from the fighter starting from January to the end, which we're not getting into the end, but this is my overview. I kind of already know what's going to happen this weekend. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to put in my poxy pound for pound review mm-hmm. for the end of 2021. So I'm trying to look for the for the one I posted up last year at the end of the year mm-hmm. so I could compare what the difference is. Yeah. So I've been scrolling. I haven't been able to find it. We post so much shit on Instagram. I haven't <laughs> been able to find it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, But um, other than that, what a weekend. <laughs> for real? Yeah. What a weekend it really was. Should we go into that or do you want to do boxing news? What do, I mean, as the last episode, B-Ray, what do you think we should do? Oh, uh, God damn it. You know what? This is the last one. Let's keep them in suspense of a review of last last Saturday and last Sunday night. That's Ooh. just my opinion. That's my yeah. saying. I found the list. <laughs> All right, then. So I'm going to review this. Uh, not right now, but I'm going to review my list of January 1st to now this year's. This the year. Okay. January, the December yeah. 7th. December 7th. Okay. So We're on December 7th. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into the boxing news, ladies and gentlemen. Um. Deontay Wilders reported that he's considering retirement. Now, um, I don't know where they're getting this. Everyone's kind of everyone's going with it, like, oh, he's considering retirement. He's considering retirement. Um, he did an interview with, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart on a show he has called the Coldest Balls. <laughs> um, great show. I tune I in. heard about that. Yeah, great show. I think it's a great mm-hmm. concept. Uh, very interesting. Very funny. The way it's supposed to be. And Deontay Wilder's on there, and of course he has his you know uh, cast on his hand from mm-hmm. you know because he broke he messed up his hand. He said he mm-hmm. messed up his hand in the yeah, fight. He did. Um, and they vaguely talk about the Deont- the Tyson Fury losses, but he made a statement saying you know he asked him so like, well Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart asked him going forward, what do you want to do? Like, are you going to come back? You've accomplished so much because he brought up the fact like Deontay Wilder started boxing at the age of twenty one, which at you know, in boxing age, that's pretty old to start boxing. That's pretty old, yeah. And he's always been looked at as a, oh, well, you know, you're in kind of fighter. <laughs> and for him to make it to the Olympics, to win, you don't win a bronze medal, you're given a bronze medal. And then from there, have a good um, uh, professional career, which he was maybe, you know, one of the long, not the longest, but I think he did the most title defenses at, mm, yeah. at heavyweight, I think. Yeah. For the we'll W, but I heavyweight, I have, yeah. Uh, for the WBC, the WBC, uh-huh. you know, he was the longest reigning heavyweight there, and he says, you know, I've done everything, like my accomplished my goals. I, I you know, I stu- I went to the Olympics. I was able to provide for my daughter. I became a world champ when I said I was going to become a world champ. Like he goes, he just said, at this stage, uh, on the at this stage of his career, he doesn't know if he wants to do one more fight mm-hmm. or call it quits and just focus on the other things he has been focusing on. You know, which is basically his legacy. You know, and this is this is the thing about fighters nowadays. Fighters are set. Fighters yeah. no longer have to depend on boxing. Fighters who have great management teams right. no longer have to depend on boxing. Deontay Wilder is one of them. 
I don't think Deontay mm-hmm. Wilder um, what needs to fight for a paycheck. I think he does it because he likes it. And yeah. of course, you know, the payday is nice. But I think he's made investment moves that has set him up. That I don't think he he's considered. I think retirement is on the mind. And if he retires, I think you know, hey, he's had a hell of a career. Mm-hmm. You you know, Tyson Fury, like I said, he's always gonna have your number, the same way you have Luis Ortiz's number. And I think he's looking at it as okay, if I do it, what's the road? What's the possibility of the road to get back to the heavyweight title? Right now, the way it looks at it, all roads lead to Tyson Fury. Yeah, and who's sick? So I think he looks at it, do I want to keep battling? For what? For what? For legitimacy, there's gonna be, the, the 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 heavyweight division is getting younger, more vicious. Does he still have the heart to go into these type of wars? Mm-hmm. And you fought three fights. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, the train fell. You fought three fights. Does he still have the eye, like you call it the eye of the tiger, the tiger to stay in there? So I don't know. If he retires, I wish him all the luck in boxing. You never say never, mm-hmm. but I think if Deontay Wilder is one of those fighters, I think if he says he's done, he's done. Yeah, and I'll wait to give my uh, my thoughts on his retirement, but on the idea of him retiring, I'd be okay with him retiring. I think. Me too, actually. Uh, when 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 the word was coming out that he might retire, I to to me, I'm fine by that. I'm okay with that <clears throat> because there is really nothing left to prove, in my opinion. So yeah, so if he does call it quits, I'll be okay with that. I'll be okay with that. If he wants to continue, then of course, all right, cool. Would love to continue seeing with him. I agree with, I think we even mentioned it too. A lot of people are saying, you know what? He's still, he's still capable of beating these guys at heavyweight. Just obviously right now, not Fury. Fury's just that guy. Fury's that guy. So he's still, I think he's still capable of beating these guys at heavyweight. But if he calls it quits, there's no shame to that. I don't think there's no shame to that. There's no shame to that. But... Like, what do you think of the media going right away when he just... He, oh, he didn't say no. He didn't say, yes, I'm retiring or no. He just I'm not said, retiring. maybe yes or no. It basically sounded like. Maybe yes, maybe no. I don't know. I'll think about it. I perceive my, my, my thing is when a fighter talks like that, you're one foot in, one foot out. And that's dangerous to be in a sport like this, especially the heavyweight division. One yeah. punch ends it all. And I think if you're already contemplating it, if you're already... The idea is coming through your mind, you know, that, you know... Psh, I have money in the bank. I have, I have enough money that my kids are gonna be okay. You know, I have, I, I've made right investment moves that I no longer have to my put my body on the line. Do yeah. I really want to keep doing this now? You know, I think uh, I always refer back to Rocky Three. Mm-hmm. The the worst thing a boxer can do is become civilized. Yeah. Yep. And is Deontay Wallace still a savage? Is is he still an animal? Does he still have that killer instinct? You know, Sean Porter answered that question after his defeat to Terrence Crawford. And, you know, he looked at it as, I don't have that killer instinct. Mm-hmm. Does Wilder still have it? And in some fighters, some fighters realize it within themselves and retire. Like, Sean Porter, he realized that after the fight, I don't have it. Mm-hmm. Some fighters take a while. And when I mean a while, they take more beatings. Yeah. And they diminish their markability. They diminish their legacy. To the point where, like, they should have just retired maybe five years ago and instead continued going until the boxing world, you know, stopped using them. Yeah. I think the great the great story of Bernard Hopkins, box, uh, he used boxing as a, as a story of a pimps and hoes. Boxing is a pimp. Mm-hmm. Boxers are the hoes. You know, when you're the top hoe, you're the, you're the bottom bitch. But when you're old and you're used up, you go to the bottom for cheap thrills. And that's what happens with some fighters. Some yeah. fighters... 
And I think that's where Deontay Wilder is going to... I, I, and I think if Deontay Wilder is, is is already contemplating it, and I think this is the worst time to keep fighting because you don't need to fight them. If you're already thinking about it, stop. That's very true. That's very, very true because exactly like you said, man, if that's even on your mind for a bit, yeah, that's not really good then. No, it's not. Because that pretty much shows you right there that I don't think that... Then, yeah, you don't... You probably don't really want to fight then. If you really did... It would have been an easy answer. I want to continue with this. I still got a lot left in the tank. But the Most fighters say that. Mm. Most fighters say that. He sounded like, like you said, one foot in, one foot out. Maybe yes, maybe no. I think he's battling with it. I think yeah. I think he's looking at it as, okay, I can do a comeback fight, pay-per-view, or show it to, or whatever. I'll make money. After that, what? Exactly. I'm not going to fight contenders. No. Like, I'm Deontay Wilder. I need to be fighting for the belt. And at this moment... We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll continue because we're, we're going to talk about the heavyweight division right yeah, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So continue with the heavyweight division. The WBC has announced that Deont- I mean, the Dylan White and Tyson Fury is now ordered to be made. Yeah. So it looks like Dylan White and the WBC made up. And Tyson Fury now has a mandatory against Dylan White, which now puts Tyson Fury in a situation because Tyson Fury has been on social media, has been on the UK television, UK news, saying... That Anthony Joshua needs to shut up and get the fuck out the way to make Usyk yeah. Fury. Yep. Yeah, Either fight him or get the fuck out the way. <laughs> does this now put a roadblock for a undisputed heavyweight championship? It does. It does because not that long ago they were saying that all right, apparently they're now in sort of in talks for the undisputed fight. Now the WBC is coming out. No, we, there's an order for a fight with Dylan White. So I'm kind of fucking confused. But well, it looks like they're leaning towards. Well, that remember, one, the remember, White. the WBC said we can't make the fight because Dylan White is suing us because we have stalled his position of of uh, exercising his right as the number yeah. one contender. So Dylan White goes, "I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm suing you because this organization is crap. <laughs> I pay fines. I pay this. I fought the fighters you want me to fight, and I still haven't got a shot at the heavyweight champion. Uh-huh. Give me my shot." Or and I I don't know what the legal documents and why well what was he looking for, uh-huh. but from the looks of it they made up, and now Suleiman has now stated that Tyson Fury now has to fight him. Does this fight get made? Does Fury dump the belts and try to chase Usyk and just claim like I'm basically the everybody knows I'm the legit heavyweight champion? You know, I'm the lineal heavyweight champion. It, like is he gonna dump the WBC and then now raise up the Ring Magazine lineal belt saying well that piece of green belt meant shit to me. <laughs> this is the this is the legit is the legit belt and me and Usyk fighting would be for the legit undisputed championship and of the world. It, that does sound like something he would do. So I am leading towards on that one. You think so? He might do that. I think so too. I think that if they keep forcing him to to fight Dylan White, I could see him vacating and saying that that piece of green belt shit <laughs> don't mean nothing. And then he'll lift the lineal belt saying this is the real belt here. <laughs> I'm the lineal champ, yeah. and he's the unified champ. Me and him should fight, <laughs> and then that should arguably become the undisputed champ. Also, too, I, I don't want to sound like I'm disrespecting Dylan White, but uh, it, it, I'm getting the feeling for Fury. He's probably looking at it at Dylan White like, you're not even worth you know, putting in whatever, six weeks, ten weeks of workout, you get me, to get to the fight. It's almost like I'm getting that feeling from him. Not worth it. I don't think he belongs in the ring with me. I think what motivates him is the undisputed fight. So, yeah, he might just vacate the WBC belt. And again, this is all this is all based on if 
Joshua and Usyk can get it done, which I don't know where they're getting this this fight, the, the step aside talk, this all I'm talking about, all this talk about stepping aside. Yeah, I thought Joshua had a had a contract which he got the rematch. Yeah, that's all. Too. I didn't know there was a you know, wiggle room for Usyk to get out of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do I know something? I, I mean, do they know something we don't? Yeah, right. Because you know, even uh, even Eddie Hearn has come out and said, well, you know, we're willing to take step aside money. If Joshua is not willing to step aside, but if the right amount came, if the right number showed up, then we'll think about it. <laughs> it's almost like saying, eh, 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 think about it. Come on. If you don't want to step aside, give me that good money. It's almost like him saying that. Do you now let me that, <laughs> let me let, let me stoke the fires here. Let me piss off uh-huh. the the Joshua fan base. Well, what's that? Do you think that Joshua fi- figures I can't beat Usyk? Let me let Fury get in there, beat him, and then I'll meet Fury later down the road. So I don't have to go through that Usyk shit again. Fuck, I'm gonna say it, yeah. You think so? I you, think that's you, what it is. You think he'd, he'd rather avoid the Usyk yeah. fight and then go after? Exactly. Well, I don't know why, because if he really wanted to fucking fight and he really feels like he can beat him, <clears throat> he would demand that rematch. True. He like would he, demand like, like that he, rematch. Like he did against Andrew Ruiz. There we go. I was about to say that. Look what he did with Andrew Ruiz. He demanded that rematch. He didn't oh. say, oh, well, I'll step aside. And let him fight Wilder. No, he was like, I want the. Pe-. They're about to sue him, apparently, right? They're gonna take him to court. And then Eddie Hearn says that, well, if they, if 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 it's gonna go to court, this might take years. So Andy Ruiz better think twice about it. Yeah, I remember that. I remember they that. did everything that they could to make the rematch happen. He look at this. Joshua is basically saying, no, I want my rematch, but if the money is good, and we can negotiate. Wow, that's again. That's just that's Joshua going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear me out. You wanna, you want wanna, my money? <laughs> yeah. So you want to give me money? Well, how much? How much were they supposedly offering Deontay Wilder to step aside for the? Ah, oh, fuck. Was it like eighty million? Uh, yeah. What? 50, 80 million? 50 to eighty million dollars <laughs> to step aside to let right. Fury Joshua happen. Yeah. Do you think that that's what Joshua's looking for? Like, offer me eighty to step aside. They they might do that. Yeah, he he might say. Well, that. I got the quote from uh, Deontay Fury on Deontay oh, Joshua. What did he say? I want I want him to step aside so I can absolutely batter Alexander Usyk. If he does, if he does, he does, and if he doesn't, he doesn't. Get the fuck on with it either way. <laughs> either take the money or fuck off or fight the man. One or the other, Bait. Like I said, either take the money or fuck off mm-hmm. and fuck off or fight the man. One or the other. Mm-hmm. I say that yeah. I I never like to agree with Tyson Fury. Yeah, me too. I tend to agree here. Yeah, me too. I think if yeah. uh, if you're not gonna fight Usyk, then step aside. Yeah. Step aside. Name your price. That's what you're willing to step aside with. Or I mean, set set your set the terms to Usyk and Fury mm-hmm. and be like, all right, guys, I'll step aside for you guys to fight, but I want X amount of money and I want guarantee I get the I get the winner of this fight. No, none of this. Tyson Fury crap that you you get a rematch and you, this is a trilogy fight like with then <laughs> then that's gonna stall another fucking oh yeah no 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 you guys fight and I get the winner simple as that mm-hmm. give me give me thirty million and a guaranteed title shot to the winner yeah I think that's fair I think that's fair too and I and I think that could happen it has to man because when was the last time we we had a undisputed champion it's, heavyweight it's been a it's been a minute it's been a minute man it's been a minute in a minute so i think they will whatever the man is i think they're gonna meet it 
Now, <clears throat> this episode's gonna be a little bit controversial, a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, out of the whole like what the fuck. But um, I didn't say this comment. But I okay. think while we're in the heavyweight division, Bob Arum had a comment, and this is a again reported by Bob Benson. Bob Arum on Muhammad Ali versus Tyson Fury. Oh, fantasy oh. fight. Oh god, yeah. Fury wins six nine. Guys were bums when Ali was fighting, but Fury takes an incredible punch, moves like a welterweight. He has a very good punch, and knows how to box. We haven't seen that combination, ever. Now let me do it in my Bob voice. <laughs> Give me one more time. Fury wins. 6-9. Guys were bums when Ali fought them. But Fury takes an incredible punch. Moves like a welterweight. Has a great punch. And I, let me tell you, he knows how to box. He hasn't. He hasn't seen that combination ever. He's a great champion. <laughs> Beer, your thoughts on this? Uh, Bob being Bob. Trying to promote very hard for his fighter. He, promote, he promoted Ali. How dare you say... That Tyson Fury is better. Exactly. Tyson Fury would beat guys. And then Ali fought bums. Bums. That bugged me. That bugged me because, no no offense, those guys were built differently. Yes. They were built way different than the fighters of today. Mm -hmm. And for him to say, well, you know, uh, Tyson Fury Fury took better punches. By who? Exactly. By who? By who? By who? I mean, he's great defensively, but if you're going to say that he would dominate a guy like Joe Frazier, George Foreman, Ken Norton, Larry Holmes, mm-hmm. uh, Sonny, Liston, Sonny Liston, Floyd Patterson, Rocky Marciano, Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali, I'm sorry. They would get their They would beat his ass. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a guy like Rocky Marciano at heavyweight would weigh, what, 198, maybe 200 pounds. If, if, if Bob is hinting on the fact that what would make Tyson Fury a great opponent and beat the guys of Ollie Zero is the size, I'm sorry. <laughs> the bigger you are, the harder you, the faster you're going to fall. Yep. Because I don't think that Tyson Fury would have been able to take a punch from a guy like Sonny Liston. No way. Sonny Liston killed a man in the ring. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I don't think that up, Tyson Fury's body would have been able to take left hooks from a one-eyed George from uh, Joe Frazier. <laughs> Frazier would have fun with him. <laughs> Frazier would have had fun in that body. <laughs> you know how he was taunting Ali in that first fight? That's going to be like that? <laughs> yeah. I don't think... Shit, er- Ernie Shavers would have fucked up Tyson Fury, dude. George Foreman. Would Foreman. Have, Foreman. Foreman. Foreman when he was an asshole. <laughs> Foreman when he was a fucking asshole. Not George Foreman, the grill master. No, no, no. George no. Foreman, the asshole. In his prime, right? In his... I don't know if you want to consider this. Yeah, in his prime. In his prime, right? Or when he was younger. Would have ripped yeah. apart Tyson Fury. <laughs> there is... The difference is... This is and this is gonna be kind of the tale of this week of uh, our our uh, our talks with these fights. Yeah, fighters back in the day knew how to cut off a fucking ring. Definitely, that's for sure. Fighters like that weren't head hunting. <laughs> fighters like that knew the sweet science. They knew the art of hit and not getting hit. They knew the art of how to fucking hurt a man. It was the golden age, man. Golden age era. Okay, okay, Ali. Ollie would have obliterated you. Yeah. When it came down to shit talking, maybe Tyson Fury would have been up to par with Muhammad Ali. But I think at the I end, I think I, I think no, I I think Fury would have taken it a little bit further. A little bit, and then uh, and Ali would have tried to keep up with them. And I think it would have been, I think they would have been dead even. 
talk your shit mm-hmm. to each other. But I think skill for skill, Ali, Ali, prime Ali, was is able. Ali, ha, um, I think the the fact I'm not discrediting Tyson Fury. He came back from mental illness. He came back from addiction. He came back from sex addiction, coke <laughs> addiction, beer. All he came back from all that. Yeah, you yeah, came back. Yep. You did it. You won the. You reclaimed the WBC belt. You're on your road to becoming undisputed. Great, good for you. Mm-hmm. But you haven't been in the wars that these fighters have had. Not and at the all. Fight, not even close. And the opposition that you have fought is way different from the opposition way Ali different. fought. Way different. They're built differently. They hit differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I'm always in the in the sense of I don't like talking what ifs. But in, in a what if situation, mm-hmm. Tyson Fury fights George uh, Joe Frazier. I think he, I think uh, I think Fury can get a win, but without getting hurt. I think he gets hurt. I think I think uh, Tyson Fury pisses blood. Oh, you know, let me. So I don't have to go through the whole list of heavyweights. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'll say it like this: by the end, when Tyson Fury fights all these guys, Foreman, Ho- uh, Foreman, Holmes, um, Ernie Shavers, Joe, Sonny Liston, for George, uh, George Foreman, Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano, Muhammad Ali, all the great fighters mm-hmm. of the fucking of the of the late seventies, early eighties. Tyson Fury would be in a wheelchair. Tyson Fury would be a guy that would need help to get up. Tyson Fury yep. would be the guy that would be in, would be in crutches. At this age, Tyson Fury would be stuttering. His Pretty speech much. and his speech would be dead. His speech would be almost to the equivalent of a fighter, of a, of an old man. They yeah. hit differently. They're built differently. They're tougher than you. And I would love someone to tell me differently. The same way that the guys, the 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 four kings mm-hmm. of the eighties, and I mean Hagler, Hearns, yeah. Duran, Leonard, would destroy the welterweights of the nineties. Just like I feel that the they would the eighties would destroy the welterweights of the two thousands. The welterweights of the eighties would destroy pretty much any division right now. Pretty much, yeah. Any division, and, I mean, destroy any generation. I mean. They're built differently. They hit differently. Mm-hmm. They knew the sweet science. Yeah. Nowadays, fighters are more flashier. Fighters depend more on athleticism. You know, it's just they're just different. They're it like was I a said, different time. The different time. So for for a guy like Bob Arum, who has been in the era of the seventies, eighties, nineties, two hundreds, and now, for you to make that statement is ballsy. Yeah. Shock jock, kind of like material where you just say it so people like us can talk about it. I think that's probably maybe that also means to do. you don't know shit about boxing then. <laughs> Simple as that. True. Simple as that. Yeah, very true. You don't know shit about boxing yeah. then if you if that's what you're saying. Yep. And then last thing, Beery kind of DM me. He was disappointed. He heard the news. Yeah, what's that? December 18th. <laughs> Jake Paul is not fighting Tommy Fury. <laughs> Tommy Fury had to withdraw because of injury to the ribs. So his fight against Jake Paul has now been postponed. Mm-hmm. I'm, not gonna, I'm sorry, been uh, canceled. Been canceled. But Bire, Bire, don't uh-huh. worry. They have they on the replacement. <laughs> Who's that? They're giving us the rematch we've been wanting to see. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> They're giving us the rematch we want to see. <laughs> no, it's not Canelo Triple G3. I uh, know. That's past two. No, it's not Mayweather Pacquiao. Uh. Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. <laughs> They're giving Woodley a second chance to possibly throw him off the ring. <laughs> what do you think of that? I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't really too, I wasn't really too interested in Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. I wasn't really 
it, 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 to it be just, honest, yeah. it didn't seem like it, it was nobody cared. No. Not there like was, the other fights he's had before. They, yeah, they, 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 some people kind of showed, you know, some kind of interest. Like there was no interest here. There was no interest in this one. Like there was, I, didn't get the sense I had, I had no sense that there was any interest on any kind. Not even on social media. Not even from the boxing world for Tommy Fury to beat Jake mm-hmm. Paul. There was no, there was no. no. Uh, so to me, this makes the most sense. You saw the fight. Did you watch the fight? Uh, no, no, you were out. No, that I week. saw. Yeah, I was out. I saw some highlights. Now that they're gonna fight. <laughs> What is your take on that fight? And who do you do you think Tyrone Woodley is able to correct some of the mistakes he made in the first fight? <laughs> it's funny to me because I can just picture Woodley just like, you know, he's like, <laughs> this is my second chance to really correct this error. Like I, he he might. If if he's really motivated, he will correct his errors from the first fight and he might be successful. But at the end of the day, to me, who gives a shit? This is what next weekend, right? The yeah, 18th next weekend. The 18th uh, next week. Shit. Oh my god, yeah. So that means Ty, um Jake Paul has spent all training camp training for one guy yeah. who's a certain height, certain reach, and now with when within one week has to now change his game plan to fight the guy <laughs> that arguably gave him a tough fight. Very tough fight. <laughs> now Tyron Wood is used to this because in MMA you take last minute replacements, so you mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. I think this fight, this rematch is more interesting on both sides because you saw what Woodley was able to do in the mm-hmm. first fight. And now you take it back, what, a couple months later? Yeah. They're back at it. But the difference here is Jake Paul was expecting Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury. Now he has to readjust his whole game plan. <laughs> like, what, a week? <laughs> with, in a week and a half. A week? Yeah, a week. A week and a half? Week and a half. There we go. Say, to yeah. fight Tyron Woodley. Yep. And this is, and now this is if Tyron Woodley stayed in shape. Yeah, we don't, we don't know. Because Tyron Woodley could be like, you know, fit, but he's, is he in boxing shape? Yeah, that's a different. You yep. know, there's always a difference. There's being in shape and there's being in boxing shape. Yeah, and yep. can he do it? And he's only what forty five. He's like, yeah, can he get in boxing shape within a week and a half? Yeah, a little dicey, dicey here. Yeah, time will tell, really. So we'll see what happens. Because mm-hmm. I think this rematch should have happened. Instead, he went for t- Tommy, and now he's going back to this guy because yeah. this guy, you know. Yep. And it makes more sense because I think they realized the numbers weren't going to be that good for the Tommy Fury fight. They, they put, yeah, it makes sense, yeah. I think it's like, oh, fuck, who do we get? Who do we get? We can't get a real boxer because we'll get our asses beat. <laughs> because I bet you they could have got one of the, uh, a last room replacement. They could have gone to, like, some Philadelphia gym and picked some random guy to they fight. They could have done that, yeah. yeah. Give him a week and a half. He can kinda do like, this. Yeah, kind of like Rocky, you know? yeah. They could have done that. They could have done, done a rocky thing. Pick a pick a guy with like a, a you know six wins, ten losses. <laughs> Why not? They could have done that. Why True. not? True. They could have done that, but they didn't. You pick Willie. You pick the forty five year old. Makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that means you're not in the you're not there to comp- to test yourself. You're no. just there to make money. Yep, that's pretty much what but, it is. There you go, B. Ritz. to keep to keep you. <laughs> I know you were looking forward to it. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, totally looking forward to it. Your voice says it. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. All right. I think that we've made the fans wait enough. I think we did, yes. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this past weekend, there was double headers. Yeah. In Las Vegas. And I, I, I was correct. It's the MGM Grand they fought. You got Devin Haney defending his WBC belt against Joseph Jojo Diaz. Yep. And then five hours away, you had Tank Davis defending his uh, WBA regular lightweight belt against mm-hmm. Isaac or Isaac, oh, Isaac. Cruz. Um, while we're wa- we're watching the fifth round here, let's go into this one. 
Um, Devin Haney, J- Joseph Jojo Diaz. Devin Haney walks away with the unanimous decision win yeah. against Joseph Diaz. Um, we both kind of had it going the distance. We did, yeah. We both said, you know, Haney's going to win. It's going to be pretty much, uh, well, 115-113, I felt I said. One, I yeah. said 115-113, 114-112 scorecards. You kind of felt it was going to be a uh, tough fight that Devin Haney most, uh, yeah. was going to be in the toughest fight of his life. We both, at the end, said we both hope we're wrong and that Joseph mm-hmm. Jojo Diaz walks yeah. in yep. and just bulldoze him as a Mexican South Almani tank. Yep, yep. We got a fight that even I've watched three times. I don't know what what I was watching. Really? Um, no disrespect to Joseph Jojo Diaz. I'm not gonna sit here and say you know I don't think he did this, he did that. But I didn't see the intensity. I didn't see the guy that was like when I heard him say in the pro in the press conference before the fight, I'm gonna go in there and take your fucking soul. I thought this guy's at the same mentality when he fought Tevin Farmer. Me too. I didn't see that this Saturday night. No. Um, for Devin Haney, um, we know he could box. We know he had the reach advantage. We knew this. So kind of the game plan was play it safe. Yeah. And I said it. He's going to play it safe because he's looking for the Kemboza fight. So he's going to use every inch of that ring. He's going to use every advantage he has himself. And he's going to play it safe. He's not going to try to risk anything. I think if, if he can get a rhythm and box, he's just going to box. That was kind of my mentality. And I was sort of right. You know, I think he did show a little bit of toughness in this fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the fight was entertaining, even though Esqueleto fell asleep. I was, <laughs> I was going to mention that that that's how entertaining that fight was. <laughs> I thought it was entertaining. I don't I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was very competitive. You had two young guys. You know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, T, uh, Joseph is like, what, 28, 29? 28, I think. Yeah, 28. Devin Haney's 23. 23. Mm-hmm. You know, you got two young bulls, not even in the prime yet fighting and they fought at a high caliber pace and it, it, it was entertaining to me it was it, it was it, it was um, i don't want to know it wasn't completely boring um but to me i i would just say this it, it could have been more entertaining but i was still my eyes was still on the tv because you know i'm i'm rooting for i'm rooting for joseph diaz so i was paying attention for sure well the crowd was a pro joseph diaz crowd yes it really was that was for sure a Diaz, uh, Diaz crowd, but the funny thing is, I want to I mention this before I forget because the uh, the Haney Haney Diaz fight that was the one I was looking forward to. The fight was okay, right? Like I said, it wasn't boring, but it was fine, right? But the night on set on Sunday that was more entertaining, and I was not looking forward to that, so I wanted to mention that. And when we, that's we, true, that's right? true. So and we, we, and of course we will tell you. How much of a difference we felt right now? We're doing the Haney Diaz, and yeah, and you, you're gonna see that, folks, because that's, that's something true. I felt right. <laughs> you were, you were, you were very like. Eh. I was like, eh. but hey, watch it. Why not? Because it's Tank Davis. But um, the fight was fine, right? But I think you said it best about. I think you. I think you described it best for your, for Joseph Diaz, where you said that. The guy was fighting as of like he was defending the, the title. Yes. I said that last I said that on Saturday night. Diaz fought like he was defending the belt, yeah. not the guy who was trying to take the belt. Exactly. And and you were right, I said. And I felt that Haney just fought a perfect fight. The he fought behind the jab. You know, I felt I felt um Haney Haney still needs a lot of work. He's twenty three. Yeah. He's twenty three. Twenty three, of course. Still I wanna young. make I wanna make that known. He's twenty three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're at this level, when we're putting you at this level, we're expecting a lot of things. And 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you were gonna say something. I, 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 I know what I'm gonna say, but what do you? you no, no, like you I, I was just gonna mention. Like, I know he's young, and people are saying that you know, oh, this guy's the next Floyd. I don't think you should be saying Stop that right that. now. Stop, Stop that. that. No, that to me, that night, that's probably the best way to describe David Henry's performance. He was not Floyd Mayweather that night. That, that he I, was not Floyd Mayweather. I feel, I feel that Haney, Haney, uh, threw punches where I think he shouldn't have. I think there were moments where. You know, he got hit by punches. I felt like he could have easily avoid. I like when I was watching this fight, and I and um and I'm you know sitting next to TTB Chubbs, and you're sitting next to Escalante, and I'm <laughs> watching this fight, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, these guys are calling him the next Floyd Mayweather, and I'm, I've never called him the next Floyd Mayweather. No, we never did. But, yeah. You know, people are out there. Oh, you know, he reminds us of young Floyd, and the zone has been very keen of trying to promote that as like, look, well, Floyd at this age was doing the same thing that Haney was doing that age. No, I think Floyd would have been able to take some rounds off and still win the rounds yeah. against a guy like Diaz. And I feel that there are moments that you can tell that that Haney didn't know what to do, so he just decided to punch with this guy. I feel that the guy like Mayweather would have taken a, a step back, would have threw a stick out and tried to like see what he can get. And if and if Diaz would have won the round, you know, Mayweather would have gone back and made sure he made it very known he won that that's the only round I'm going to give you. Yeah. I'm going to definitively now win this round and every round ever since then. And I feel a guy like Haney doesn't do that. I think a guy like Haney, uh, when the when it gets hot in the kitchen, he starts throwing punches. He starts moving around. He does his herky-jerk thing. And it, it was just like, okay. But he's 23. And this is what I'm going to hint at. And this is kind of the situation where I'm, I want to ask you this. You know, we saw in the last couple of weeks, a guy like Tiafimo Lopez at age 24, 25, mm-hmm. loses belt. He let fame get to him. He he Roberto Durand himself. Yeah. This past Saturday, we saw a 22-year-old fight a good fight. But he, I think he made this fight a little harder for him than it was supposed to be against the guy who, let's be honest, wasn't really pressing the issue when he needed to press it. No. And he, I, I feel Haney made the fight a little tougher for himself than he was supposed to. Yeah, he did. Are we putting these young fighters who are not in their prime, they're not seasoned yet, and, and expecting a little bit more out of them? Because Devin Haney, 22 years old, 23 years old, mm-hmm. fighting a 12-round well, lightweight belt, hopefully fighting for the undisputed belt in the next couple of months. Yeah. We're expecting him to put on a virtuoso fight, but he's still learning. 23 years old. You know, yeah, he has an amateur record, but it wasn't like one of the best amateur records out there, like like Triple G or Lomachenko or Floyd Mayweather or Andre Ward type amateur career. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we're p- expecting these kids to put on a virtuoso fight. And again, 23, 25, Tank's 28, Diaz is 29, uh, Ryan Garcia's barely, what, 21? Yeah. Are we setting the standard for these guys this high? And when they don't even get close to that, we scrutinize them. Because I was going to quick. I, I want, when I thought about doing this episode, I go, what am I going to say? My thing is this. I just said, I said, Devin Haney still needs to learn. I think he still needs more maturing. Um, I think he could have. I think he made this fight a little more tougher than he was supposed to do. I feel the guy. I feel the the Diaz. This Diaz basically gave the fight away. I'm sorry to say that. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I, sorry to I say. I can't that. disagree on that. This Diaz, like I said, walked in like he was fighting for the belt. 
not like a guy that was going out of, uh, yeah. like the guy that was defending the belt, not the guy that was trying to take the belt. Um, I didn't see him press the issue. There were moments he he put out, he pressured him, and he was successful. He had a couple rounds like that, man. And it was just like he took his foot off the gas. A lot had to do with Haney, but you know, I don't know. I think I expected more from from Joseph, and I even said it going into the championship rounds. He wasn't fighting with the urgency. Yeah. Even in this whole fight, I never saw Joseph fight it with urgency. It was more kind of like we're gonna take it one round at a time, one round at a time, one round at a time. And I think even uh, fucking uh, oh my god, uh, Sergio Moro or no, the other guy or Todd, Todd Todd Grisham said the rounds are starting to the rounds are starting to stack up against him because he's starting to run out of time. Yeah, and I felt that that was the best thing that Todd Grisham said th- that night, which was the most that was the best a- analyst analyst thing he could say was <laughs> this fight starting to slip away from him. He's in the fight, but it's starting to slip away yeah. from him. And I felt that that was the greatest, that was the best thing you could say. Like, ladies and gentlemen, Joseph was in the fight. He was. But he was letting the fight slip away from him by letting, by taking his foot off the gas, by letting Haney do what he needed to do. And he didn't fight with urgency. No. And I think he kept saying, well, he's, it's not hurting me. He's not hurting me. Then you should have walked right through him. Uh, that's what I was thinking that too. But even then, again, no, no, the, you don't want to get caught with a punch against a guy like him. You know, I think he can. I think the fence, he can't hurt me with one punch. I think, you know, I think if you keep eating those same punch over and over oh, again. Then yeah. 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 And like I, that, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But to me, like I said, are we putting guys like Haney, Ryan, well, fuck him. Um, <laughs> guys like Tio and Tank at this level or like, oh, they should be here and. They're still young. They're still learning. They're they're not seasoned vets. When Miguel Cotto finally fought for a world title, when Miguel Cotto was put in a situation where he needed to exit, he proved himself. Mm-hmm. And that was in the Ricardo Torres fight. Yeah. The guy was like 27, 28 years old when he fought that type of fight. By that time, he had gone through he had gone through a good amount of fighters and he had been a seasoned. Now he was a seasoned fighter. Yeah. You know, Floyd Mayweather, you know. He his toughest fight was Jose Luis Castillo. Floyd was only like 27, 28, right, almost yeah. 30 years old going into that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, like and you know, Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez, Canelo Alvarez is the only exceptional fi- exceptional fighter that got put in a situation, he failed, but came back and has done it. The Triple G fight is a great example of a guy that, you know, came back and fought and yeah. tried to, and, tra- and 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 showed adversity. And he did it at, at, at what, 28? At 28. I would say 27, 28, yeah. So I think, mm-hmm. if anything, boxing, which has been around for 100 years, has shown us something. At that, you may be the fastest fighter, like Devin Haney. You may be the most powerful puncher, like Tank Davis. Mm-hmm. You might be the most flashy, like Ryan Garcia. But there's a thing called moving up competition, little by little and by little, becoming a seasoned fighter. So when you fight at the elite level... You get good fights, and I'm not saying this was a, not a good fight, but yeah. I think Diaz loses. I think he took the he took the loss really great, very good, yeah. But there was more questions and answers for Devin Haney. Yeah, that was my thing. It, that's true. I mean, a lot of people are saying they were really not impressed of his performance. By the way, for Devin Haney, I was more impressed in the and the. Um, Lenar's, Lenar's fight, fight. me too. I agree. I was more impressed on that fight as well. But a lot of people are just saying, you know what? Yeah, he, he the right man won, but they were not impressed with his performance last Saturday night against Diaz. And 
I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get to this, but I just want to mention it, right? Of course, and that makes a lot of people going, you know what? Cambrose is probably ha- is the favorite. And that was gonna be my that was gonna be my thing. So George Cambosa was live. He was, was there. in attendance. This guy's scouting. With, <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Yes, Cambosa. George Cambosa. Now everyone says that well, this Cambosa would be able to take out Devin Haney. Devin Haney and his people say, well, no, that'd be the most easiest fight we can make, and it'd be the, our easiest and most dominating fight that we can have. Mm-hmm. After a performance like this, do you think that? I am. Leaning, I'm leaning a bit towards yeah. Cambosa is the favorite. He has better momentum. Yes. He's going in there as the emperor. Yeah. Devin, like I said, Devin Haney won this fight, but I think there was more questions than answers. Yeah. Um, At 23, like I said, he's still maturing. Is he ready for the stage? And secondly, this is another guy that shouldn't be fighting at 135. I said it. Yeah, he said it. I said it a year ago. Haney, Tank, Ryan, Lopez, and Teofimo Lopez. Should all be moving up to 140, and this is where the and then 140 pounds is going to be the hottest division in boxing because you mm-hmm. got the biggest talents out there. Yeah, and so far, we saw what happened to Teofimo Lopez. He stayed a little too long in a division that he should have left, and he admitted later on I should have pumped and dump. Yeah, is Devin Haney doing the same thing here? It kind of looks like it. By if he gets the Cambrosa fight. Is he risking the same fate as his counterpart in Teofimo Lopez and taking a fight against the guy who has shown to be very good at this moment and mm-hmm. very sturdy? Camboza looks like he still, like I said, Camboza got maybe two or three good fights left at lightweight before he yeah, decides to move up. Before he decides to move up. I feel Haney's done. I think Haney, to be honest, Haney was throwing punches that I think if he throwed 140, would I think would, would, change, the, would change the momentum yeah. of this fight. I think I does he make 135? Yeah. I, does he make 135? Yes. Is, is he is he taking away his power to keep the speed? Definitely. I think if he goes to 140, you're going to see a balanced uh, speed and power from Devin Haney. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's forking over the power to keep speed at 135. Yeah. And I think like I said, he made this hot fight harder than it was supposed to be against Joseph Diaz. Yeah. Especially this version of Joseph Diaz. Because this version of Joseph Diaz, I'm sorry. Was not the guy that stepped in and fought Gary Russell Jr. Was not the same guy that fought Terran Farmer. Yeah. This guy was just, like I said, competitive. But, I, I mean, if this was a 15-round fight, I could probably see him getting a getting a good fight out of it. But, you know, you got 12 rounds. And, you you know, like I said, I think they're going to be, I even said it on the prediction, there are going to be moments where he's going to have, there are going to be few in-between moments where he wins rounds. Yeah. And that's, that's what happened. He won maybe, what, four rounds? Four rounds at least. Yeah, I think four rounds at least. Eight to four ahead of uh-huh. Eight to four from. Um, is George Camboza next? Before we get to the next one, it, do you think mm-hmm. he'll be next? Uh Lou DiBella has put him on the zone already a couple times. Lou DiBella is basically a good promoter, but also has worked with the likes of Bob Arum, has worked with the likes of um, Al Heyman PBC. Yeah. So Al uh, Lou DiBella, who promotes TF, uh, George Camboza, is able to move around. And market his fighter. Is this a marketable fight? Devin Haney, George Camboza, undisputed belt. I think that right there, undisputed, is the most marketable right there. Now, here, here's nothing. MGM Grand sits around a twenty thousand. Mm, MGM Grand or eighteen thousand. 
I want to say twenty thousand people in attendance, right? I don't know why. I don't know why I think it's less. MGM, MGM, maybe fifteen thousand. Okay, because the T-Mobile for sure. They only, 20, they only did four thousand people in attendance. The MGM Grand, huh? And they had they they cut off. Uh, you the know top what? Part. I mean, to ask you, did they cut off something? They, they, they like they some parts were really really dark. So yeah, they cut off the lights. I was about to say, huh? The top tier. <laughs> they didn't want to show. Now, Joseph bought his own fan base, but Devin Haney doesn't have the fan base to move the needle to bring the money. And yeah. at the end of the day, this is this is a you know price it's a fight. It's a business. Yeah, it's a business. Devin Haney doesn't it doesn't attract. Mm-hmm. You know, and after a performance like this, yeah. Do you really see it? You know, the only way he could get this fight is if he goes to Australia. Yeah. Which they say he's willing to. And I think he has no choice to. Right. In this situation, he has no choice but to go to Australia. Mm -hmm. Fight in front of 80,000 people in Cambosa's camp. Yep. Now, moving before we move on, because I want to I want to put a little I want to put a little clip on that one right there. Uh I want to put a little, you know, where I said 80,000 people. Kane has no choice. Before we move on, what is next for Joseph Diaz? Yes, he lost, but it was competitive. Yeah. I think he's still a threat at 135. And if he works hard at it, I think he's even a threat at 130. But I think 135 is his division. It's his division. I think he's his division. What is next for him, do you think? I think that he, I think he's going to stay at 135. Part of me feels like that. I think he's probably going to wait till, you know, the undisputed fight happens. The belts finally, you know, go vacant. And I like to think he, he wants to conquer that division. That's really my only guess what, what's next for Diaz. I don't think he's going to go up to 140 already. I think he's fine at 135. I think he fights Ryan. He did say that. He did say, fuck it, give me Ryan. So <laughs> I think he probably, you know, he was like, well, okay, whatever. Why not? Right. Look, at, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Ryan Garcia is not going to fight George Cambosa. Anybody that thinks that <laughs> is out he of their wants to. <laughs> You're out of your mind. He's, <laughs> he wants to fight for the undisputed belt already. <laughs> he can't even sell out the Staples Center, dude. No. Nope. 8.7 million followers. He can barely draw enough fucking enough people to tune into his fight on yeah. the zone. Uh-huh. He barely sold out the Staples Center against Fonseca, and apparently he's a big star. Oh, yeah. Huge star. I don't think he's going to fight Camboza unless, like Haney, he's willing to go to Australia and fight for 80000 Yeah. You know who who can get the fight and will probably get the fight? Who? Tank Davis. Let's move on to the next fight. Mm-hmm. This past Sunday, in the Crypto Arena, or Crippled Arena, or Staples Center, <laughs> whatever you want to call it... <laughs> Javante Tank Davis defended his WBA, and I use air quotes, regular belt, regular belt. against Isak or Isaac, however you want to pronounce it, mm-hmm. Cruz. This was the, Isak took the fight in four weeks' notice. Four weeks, man. You know, Rolly Boy Romero, you know, whatever. The poster child for, you know, don't smoke or drink when you're pregnant. <laughs> he was taken out because of legal issues. Yeah. Isak came into the fight. I'm going to summarize this before we go into the our um, our thoughts of the fight. Tank won the fight. Isak won the event. Yep. That is a summarization of what just Very happened true. on Sunday. Tank won the fight. Isak won the event in fans. Mm-hmm. Going into this fight, you said it was not going to go past five rounds. Yeah. I went in saying it won't go past eight rounds. My mentality was 
I felt that people like you and other people who gave our prediction who said it wasn't gonna it was only gonna last three rounds didn't take into consideration that Isak is a top ten lightweight mm-hmm. and he's sturdy. Yes, he doesn't he's you know rough on the edges. Oh very yes. Yeah. No one is accusing Isak Cruz of being Pernell Whitaker or Floyd no, Mayweather no, 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 or no. Sugar Ray Robbins no, or Sugar no. Ray Leonard. Oh no, no. But the kid is a sturdy little bastard. Very sturdy. And tough son of a bitch. And can pack a punch too. Yes. So I said it won't go past eight. The fight went the full 12 rounds. Full 12. Tank Davis in either round five or round seven re-injured a, a, uh, his hand. Mm-hmm. And I say re-injured because we're coming to find out that Tank Davis walked into this fight a little compromised. He walked into this fight already with, you know, a little bit of hand problem. Uh, his uh, left hand yeah. was hurting. So he re-aggravated it, re-hurt uh, it. If you guys have been on, Insta- on Instagram or any social media platform, there's a picture where his hand looks like a balloon. Like, literally, it looks... I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if I have seen yeah, it. Yeah, like, he showed a picture. It looks like a balloon. Like, all this hand, right? Like, from the knuckles to the uh, to the mm-hmm. wrist, it's inflamed. Oof, my God. It's inflamed. And anybody that's injured their hand, you know that pain. Now, I... Have never hurt my hand in sparring or um, hitting the bag. I don't know how that feels to injure your hand like that. Ooh, that's nasty. Yeah, I'm seeing it right now. You're seeing it right now. Show me to Jesus me. Jesus Christ. Yeah, see? He injured his hand. Which meant he fought the whole fight one-handed. One-handed. <laughs> one-handed. Um, B-Ray, I'm going to give it to you. What were your thoughts on this fight? Like I said, you saw it not going past five. It didn't. No. Big Warrior, Warrior. Yeah, and, and and I thought the fight was going to be like also kind of okay, right? Maybe some good action here, and then the fight's going to be ending very quickly. No, man, that, that fight, especially Cruz, man, he had me at, at the edge of my seat every fucking round because there were times like you we, we like we just mentioned it, he's a very sturdy guy, tough son of a bitch. There were rounds when you kind of thought, oh, man, he... he, he He's got, you know, Tank in trouble. He, he might even put him down for a bit. I, there were moments like that. I really thought Tank was going to go down for a bit. But, of course, he did not. Tank, you know, was able to fight back. But this was, was really, really good. I was pretty impressed with this because I was not expecting this. I was mm-hmm. not expecting this at all. And you're right, man. At the end, At the end of that night, nobody was really talking about the winner of the fight. No one was talking about Tank Davis' performance. I, a lot of people were talking about Isak's performance and how well he did, how tough he is. Yeah, he lost, but like you said, he won the event. So that's really what I kept thinking to myself, man, once the fight ended. Everyone's going to be talking about Isak's performance. And Tank even said it. Even though he lost the fight, Star is born. And I know a lot of people want to see him fight again. I want to see him fight again. I'll say this, though. I would love to see Joseph Diaz versus Isak Cruz. Fuck yeah. Too straightforward. Yes. No, like, you know, when the first guy that takes a step back, you know that that's going to be. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I agree. Um, I said I, I was saying I'm going past eight. I thought the tank was going to rip him. And there was a moment where tank let his hands go and was starting to rip. Yep. Um, Isak. And but then he stopped and I wondered why. And we saw, you know, we know why. Mm-hmm. Um, a star was born. I think Javante yeah. Davis, again, another guy who won, but also took. Took the took the loss humbly and said, "Look, yeah, I won, but this guy won the event. Everyone, you know, uh, everyone saw, everyone liked him. He's a star is born. Um, I'm not liking 
the backlash the tank's getting. Yeah. <laughs> In the sense of, oh. I, I was expecting it, by the oh, way. Oh, he struggled. Oh, he struggled he, against a C-level fighter. And that's why he doesn't want to fight the top-level fighters. And that's mostly coming from a guy that hasn't fought in a year. <laughs> and a promoter that most likely did a couple bumps before he said that. Again, whatever. Um, and 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 I started thinking about, well, you know what? People are just hating on Tank and da 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 And then I thought, okay, well, people, you know, Tank's being promoted as like a mini Mike Tyson. Yeah. Yes, yes. And to be honest, he packed Staples Center. It and was considered. A, they a, said it was a sellout. It's a sellout crowd. Movie stars were there. Athletes were there. You know, mm-hmm. this is his third third pay per view. I'm assuming it's gonna do good. Like I said before, all roads lead to Tank. Tank's the money man of the division. Yeah. Um, say what you want about the the, the opposition. I think Tank, you know, fought a top ten lightweight like Ryan when he fought Luke Campbell, a top ten lightweight. Yep. <laughs> the difference here is that Luke Campbell is <laughs> he's a better fighter than everyone. He says. I had to bring that up. That's what Ryan said. Whatever. I think he fought a great fight against uh, Isaac Cruz. I think he, he was able to adjust. He boxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a couple things he did wrong. He pulled out He pulled out with his chin up. Uh-huh. You know, I think the, the body shots hurt him. I yep. think Tank should have yep. been making 135. I think Tank should be fighting at 140. I think so, too. Um, yeah. But the thing, the flack was, oh, he went the distance. Like To me, the... the what does it matter? You know, a win's a win. Yeah. When, you know, I and then when your favorite f- football team is playing and they're losing, like bad, and they bounce back and they barely win, you don't hear him saying, "Oh, they suck. They barely won." <laughs> At least they won. Right. That's what they say. At least they won. They won. Only in boxing. Oh, you know, he had a hard time, so he sucks. You know. Oh, he doesn't have power. He could have knocked out a bum. I want to mention something to you guys. And if he did win, oh, he knocked up a boy. Yeah. yeah. I want to say something to you guys. Mike Tyson, through, uh, when he started his career, was knocking out guys out. Yeah. Knocking guys less out. Less than 30 seconds. Less than 30 seconds. When he fought Trevor Burbick, he knocked out Burbick in two. Yeah. You didn't hear people call Mike Tyson a bum. You didn't call. Him, you didn't hear people saying that Mike Tyson cherry-picked his fights. In his next fight, he went the distance against a fighter named James Smith. Hmm. Who? Hmm. Exactly. After defeating Buster Doug, uh, defeating Trevor Burbick in the most devastating fashion that any fighter could win a heavyweight title, yeah. his next fight, he went the distance against a guy named James Smith. Who? Exactly. <laughs> you didn't hear, and nowadays, Mike Tyson is regarded maybe as one of the best fight, the fighters of all time, the most, most popular fighter of all time. Yeah. Tank goes into a fight against a guy like Isaac Cruz, who took the fight in four weeks' notice, goes the distance. With one hand. Yeah. Now, here's another thing. Isaac Cruz was not going to go in there for a payday. No, I think he even told you that. He's he's like, no, I'm, ca- the, I'm, he, I'm, he I'm came winning in, this. He came in with, like, Rocky. He yeah. was the Mexican Rocky. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go in there. And you can even tell that the game plan was, and I think I, I think they said in the post fair, uh-huh. the game plan was not to get knocked out. Yeah. To take the fight to him, but not to get knocked out. That if they can go the distance, that is great. But they what they weren't gonna do is become another highlight reel. So the game plan was if we can win, great. If not, let's not become a highlight reel for this guy. Mm-hmm. Like Rocky. 
Remember Rocky said? I just want to go the distance. Thank you. No one has gone the distance with this guy. At this moment, that's what he said, yeah. nobody would have been able to take Tank's power. Mm-hmm. Tank went the distance. He fought his fight. He won. For people to be like, this fight was stolen. He won. Isaac Cruz was romped. You don't know shit about boxing. <laughs> Isaac maybe won three, maybe four rounds I in the see fight. either four or five rounds, at least. I don't know about five. Three to four rounds. I don't know about five. You won three mm-hmm. to four rounds tops. I scored it 8-4. I scored it right. 8-4 was a correct I think score. one judge had it like that, while the other two had it 7-5. to five. Which I don't know how you, you know. get 7-5, but... 8-4 is the most plausible scorecard to give to a guy like Isaac Cruz. Yeah. Tank Davis fought compromised. He did what he needed to do. He won. He got the job done. He did. This showed that he's just not He's not just a puncher. He could box his way into, out of the mm-hmm. fight. I don't and think he, he looked horrible, too. I didn't sense that for Tank. I think knowing what we know, knowing what we know now that right. he, you know his hand was like really that mm-hmm. bad, no, he didn't do that bad. Right, no. I think if he walked in there and and you know he you know he didn't have no injuries and it was a tough, tough or rough fight, mm-hmm. then you gotta go like. But the right. fact that you know he injured his hand and he and he was still throwing the punch, throwing the hand until like maybe the eighth and afterwards he just stopped using that hand yeah. after eight, which, after the eighth. I forgot which round you pointed it out. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, that. I started realizing it. I think after the eighth round. I kind of noticed he was less and less using that punch, mm-hmm. using the left. Um, I think it. I think it's important, like I said, to to see that he can punch. He we know he can punch, but he can also box. Yeah, and he boxed perfectly against a guy that was coming at him that was landing body shots. He took some punches off. He took some punches, but he never made. He made sure he walked out with the win. Yeah, uh, to me, he won. I think people need to get off his nuts. <laughs> And and this this will piss me off. Get off his nuts. And if you're gonna criticize somebody for not fighting the best opposition, why don't you criticize Ryan Garcia because he's quick? You know, one, he has mental issues. He said, but he's quick to talk shit. Secondly, he pulls out of a fight because he fucked up his hand, <laughs> but he's quick to make fun of a guy that's fought twelve rounds with a fucked up hand. And he hasn't fought nobody besides Luke Campbell. While Devin Haney has fought Jorge Linares and Joseph Diaz, and Tank Davis has fought at least top 10 opposition. Mm -hmm. Now, it is not my fault or anybody's fault that Tank Davis has a network behind him and a promoter behind him that are promoting him as the next pay-per-view star. Mm -hmm. But the the guy is moving numbers because he's bringing something that a lot of people aren't. Vicious knockouts. It didn't. Mike Tyson, I just said right now, fought a guy named James Smith and went the distance. It didn't ruin his career. He went the distance. So after that, he's had a great stellar career. Yeah, he did. Why? Because he was a vicious knockout artist that gave people what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Savage knockouts. So that's why Tank moves the needle. Ryan, on the other hand, has 8.7 followers because he takes off his shirt and there are 13, 14-year-old girls <laughs> who are just loving it. <laughs> but not enough to go see him fight, though. So get off his nuts. Tank Davis at this moment is the man with the money. Ryan Garcia hasn't done shit. Nothing. He's sitting on the he's sitting on one win while almost all his other counterparts have gone to do something. Mm-hmm. Tiafimo Lopez fought George Camboza, another top top ten lightweight. Mm-hmm. Vasily Lomachenko is fighting jo- uh, um, Comey, Richard Comey, right? Richard mm-hmm. Comey this weekend. Tank Davis fought another top 10 lightweight 
and you have not done anything. He's very quick to hop on Twitter. Very now, quick. This is the thing that's crazy. Leonard Ellaby said, we were going to make this fight. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't mention it right quick. We were going to make this fight. They said no because we're negotiating Manny Pacquiao for an exhibition, an exhibition. fight. <laughs> How does that look now? That looks real bad on Ryan Garcia. And I believe that because we talked about it. When the moment when Ryan Garcia won his fight last January, the buzz, man, there was this fucking buzz of Ryan Garcia versus Tank. Ryan was doing a good job talking about how he's going to put him away in two rounds, right? Remember that? We talked about it. So when they mentioned that, when they said that we did try to make the fight, I believe it because they sensed that too. There's a buzz. Let's make the fight happen. But of course, Ryan Garcia felt like, oh no, I got re- I already have a set fight with Manny Pacquiao. An exhibition fight, which Floyd kept saying, you know, you do that when he retired. Not now. Not now. So but I believe it. So what's next for Tank? We were hoping maybe Micah Garcia, but... You know, the momentum's gone there. So, and I don't know why I still think Cambrosa may not choose him. Why is everyone saying that? Here's why. Why? Easy. And I don't think it's the right reason for me. It's the belt. He wants that last piece of the belt. I don't think so. And I feel like he's he's going to want that. If he gets tank, awesome. I'm up for it. But I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. So I don't think it's going to be Cambrosis. I he, wish. He fights Cambrosis. I hope so. If there's anybody that can... Uh, money, right? Between the two? You're right. Who's the bigger draw? Tank. Who's the bigger draw? Tank. Tank. Tank's the bigger draw. Tank. Teal's already said he's not going to fight at 135. George is not... He's, he's, yeah. He's George done. is not going to move up for him. No. George knows that at this moment, he has the belts. Mm-hmm. And all these young guys want the belts. Yeah. Yes, the Haney fight makes sense. You get the last belt, but it's about the money. Mm-hmm. Like I said, unless Haney goes goes to Australia from eighty thousand, he'll fight him. Mm-hmm. Ryan doesn't move the needle unless he moves. Yeah. Unless he moves the fight to Australia, he'll take the fight. The only guy that I feel that George Cambosa will look at it be like eighty thousand people for like X amount of money, or in front of you know. I don't know. Uh, and the uh, the the new Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas. Right. Yep. That seats like what? 30, 40,000 people. 40,000 maybe, 50, 60. 60,000 mm-hmm. people in Las Vegas. Me versus Tank Davis. Mm-hmm. Tank filled 16,000 people in the Staples Center. He fought in Atlanta, seat 12,000 mm-hmm. people. He fought in San Antonio with the minimum capacity and he filled the fucking thing to the point yep. where even Texas was considering should we add a little bit more people even though we're still in COVID? That's how good the ticket shows yeah, yep. were. And his pay-per-views have done better. And I, his his pay-per-view against Leo Santa Cruz did good. His pay-per-view against Mario Barrios went a little bit up. And I think this pay-per-view is going to go a little bit up too. So he's proven not only to be a hot ticket seller, but also a pay-per-view seller. I'm waiting for the pay-per-view numbers, but I bet you they're going to be either close or a little bit more than the, the Barrios fights. Yeah. And that means he's a seller. He's a, he's a seller on tickets and pay per view. Mm-hmm. And Cambosa will go and get the fight because then he'll he'll look out of everybody who looked the most vulnerable. Who looked the most vulnerable to you? Out of the two, Haney yeah. or Tank? David Haney. Tank. Tank looked more more vulnerable. Tank looked vulnerable at moments when he kept okay. pull, when he kept pulling out, pulling mm-hmm. out. He he kept pulling out, and I think 
And I think George Cambosa would train for that whole train for that moment that he pulls out and he'll be able to yeah. land that punch. He'll train for that. He'll train for that one weak spot that he knows that Tank has. And Tech kept doing it and doing it and doing it, even though Isak was starting to catch him, mm-hmm. and he kept pulling the same thing. Devin Haney, the only thing that Dev, the only flaw that Devin Haney has at this moment is that when the fight gets tougher, he just starts throwing hands mm-hmm. instead of taking a step back, analyzing, and cooling the situation down to where he feels comfortable with. Yeah. Tank's more the easy fight. Tank's the bigger draw, the biggest money. And I think George Camboza would be more advised to be like, let's take Tank. He's smaller. He He'll smaller. You'll have the height reach advantage. You'll be able to pick at him. And he, he'll have a hard time making 135 than Devin Haney and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Tank will get the fight out of sheer money and height. He'll have a bigger advantage than that. Mm-hmm. Tank will get the fight. Ryan's not going to get it. No, Ryan for sure is not going to get it. No. To me, Ryan, Ryan fights Joseph Diaz or Isak Cruz. Mm-hmm. Or some like top 20 or some guy in the 25, 30 rank <laughs> fights. <laughs> but I don't think he fights. Camboza. Uh, no, I, I think his obviously two choices is Tank or Haney. Or get or or he fights the winner of Lomachenko versus Comey. He could do that. But I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening either. That's why I'm saying either Haney or Tank. I see Tank. I'm still mm-hmm. sticking to Tank. Yeah. Tank's the draw. Tank uh, the only way this happens, like I said, if Haney's willing to go to Australia. Mm-hmm. And he says he is. They say he is. Yep. They, they say, say they is? say he said that he's he's okay with going to Australia. Mm-hmm. Ryan hasn't said he's willing to go to no, Australia. No, hasn't said anything like that. Nope. He just says he's he wants to fight him next. And he's not a draw here, so he'd have to go to Australia. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, the, the, the battle is between Haney and Tank. And Tank. Mm-hmm. But I think Tank holds more weight mm-hmm. when it comes out comes to box office. I think they'll they'll tell Tank, let's do the fight in Australia. And I think Mayweather team will be like, no, no, no. Let's take this to Vegas. Let's promote this in Vegas. You know, let's do it in the let's do it at the rate at a SoFi. No, not SoFi. No, um, I Legion. Yeah, Legion Stadium. Legion Stadium. Why not do it in the Legion Stadium? Mm-hmm. Sixty thousand people. You bring people from Australia. Tank brings his people. Mm-hmm. Even if that shit packs twenty thousand, that's still better than anybody yeah. currently right now. Oh yeah. You know, not named Canelo. Yep. Which Why not? that reminds me, <laughs> some believe that maybe his uh, his his gloves just sucked ass. Maybe that's why he didn't do well. I'm hearing that joke. Now nah, he was using uh, winning. They look kind of shitty. No, they were, that's winning gloves. That's winning those, gloves. Those are gloves meant for people that have like fucked up hands. Probably because we're used to you know the the, the logos and all the that. Grant and the yeah yeah. No, no, it I had guess. nothing, so it looked like it looked like you just got from a from a cheap pet store. <laughs> that was the same pair of gloves he used to knock out Leo. Wow. He didn't have no remember no designs on the Leo. I, I never. They I were plain white gloves. Wow. Yeah, check them out. Um, but that's what I think. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, for Isak Cruz, if you take this momentum and you continue building your your uh, your brand, I think he won the event. People mm-hmm. like him. I yeah. think people will want to see him. Definitely. I think if if uh, Al Heyman is smart, you want to build the next great Mexican star, you got Isak Cruz right there. Yeah. He, he gave you heart. He showed up. He didn't want to lose. Shit, put him against Roley. I'd I'll, I'll love to see that. I say put him against Roley. I'd love to see that. <laughs> Shut that kid up. <laughs> put him against Roley. I think that'll be a great fight. I think that'll be a good one. I think that'll be a rough and tough fight. I think Roley, I think the, him and Roley would be great. Mm-hmm. Put him in there. I'd love to see, yeah. Shit, put Roley against Ryan. I can see that fight happening too. Which I think Floyd wanted to do there, right? Yeah, he said that before I give you Tank, why don't you fight Roley? There we go. 
and he was willing to give him one million dollars for that. But Ryan, which, no, which, I'm sorry, less than a million. I'm sorry, less than a million dollars. I forgot the amount. But then Ryan kept saying, "No, just give me a million." And then Floyd goes, "Well, you don't even make the money amount. The money I'm showing you right now." <laughs> and that's when uh, Devin Haney, I mean, Ryan Garcia started saying he's gonna leave Golden Boy because he's not getting paid the money he's yep, supposed to get paid. Yep. So <laughs> that proved that Floyd was right that the money I'm offering is the biggest payday in your career. Um, but yeah, um, what do you think of the undercards on both? Well, you didn't get to watch the undercard for Devin Haney and no, Joseph I didn't Diaz. get to see that one. You told me it was fine. It was good. I loved it. I did not see that. The one. undercard for, uh, for Tank versus Rolling <laughs> real good eight Cruz. Real good. I think the best one out of out of all of the undercards was uh, Dervichenko and uh, I think he's Dominican. I forget Adamus. his name. Adamus. Carlos Adamus, I think that was his name. That was a good fight. That was a real, real the good fight. The one prior to that, the... the <laughs> oh, wait. One prior to that... Yeah, that was good, too. The opener. The opener. The opener. There we go. I don't know who fought again exactly the names, but that was pretty good, too. The one that was a sleeper fight was the... <laughs> that uh, that tower guy from there. The tower guy, yes. <laughs> you can hear. He said, what? Um... We made jokes like you can hear people cough. Um, the room was quiet. The room was really quiet. People were not really. What do you into think it. of Fandora? You think he's a threat at one fifty four? No, sorry, no. He may look like a threat, the size, but that uh, night didn't the height, show. That side, the height. I'm sorry, the height, the height of him. It may, it may be like uh maybe it, may, it might, again by looking at him you might think oh shit he's a threat but what I saw last that Sunday night uh he's not a threat at one fifty four. I don't think he's a threat at all. Not not a threat. I think he's a freak show fight. Yeah. <laughs> he's a freak show fighter. Like, yeah. I think he's just tall. And he hasn't oh, f- he hasn't fought someone to take advantage of the height. Yeah. Like Garcia did a great job, like not trying to get to the head. Like I even said, like you go at this guy's body. Yeah, body. Like he'll crumble in front of you. Yeah. I think he's yet to find someone that will mm-hmm. make him crumble like that. So we'll see what happens. But overall, good weekend for fights. Yeah. I thought it was really good for the mm-hmm. for Devin Haney, and then so far the lightweights right now are in like the right now the hottest division right now. It really is. Lopez one week, Devin Haney the other week, Tank the same weekend, yep. and then this weekend. So let's roll up the let's roll up the audio, and let's get into it. MSG, his second fight since his loss to Tiafimo Lopez. Yep. The Nomaschenko, the Matrix himself, Vasily Lomachenko, Richard Comey, twelve rounds lightweight. These. Or our predictions. What's your prediction for the fight? Then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. Yeah. Pain. Hey, woman. <laughs> You've been with a real man. I love that movie. So, Richard Comey. Yep. Great puncher. Yeah. Lomachenko. Great boxer. In and out movement. B Ray. Who you got? Who you picking? Oh, man. This is another showcase fight for Lomachenko to me. You thought the, what was the other fight? The Nakatani fight was? Yeah. Do you think there's like another Nakatani yes, type fight? Yes, I think that's what it is. And I think I really like to think that Lomachenko will, would appear that night. I think he will put him away. I, f- I have that gut feeling. So you think he puts him away? So you think he wins by? Um... Yeah, I think the referee stops it. I think he frustrates him. Wow. I think I think he does that. There's just no way. I, I don't see any, any any other way. I mean, if he loses, oh shit! Then yeah, this is big news. Big news. But I don't see Lomachenko losing this fight. Not at all. I think he has a good time with this fight. You think he? 
I doubt he gets rid of him quicker than Tiafimo. I was, no, I was about to say, like, that's the thing. Like, if you ask me which round, I, I, I feel like it's going to be after the round that, you know, uh, Lopez won. I forgot which round he beat. He not, he put him away. But for sure, he's not going to knock him out the same way like that in the same round. It'll be, it'll be a little later after that. Well, a guy like Richard Comey has power. Yeah. And as far, and like we saw, if you take the fight to Lomachenko, he doesn't know what to do. No, he does not. Like, Teofimo Lopez took the fight to him. But, it was, but the difference is Lomachenko, I mean, um, Teofimo Lopez was able to intelligently move Lomachenko back. Yeah. And stop Lomachenko's momentum. I don't think Comey has that. No, for sure so, not. No. But no. you're saying he stops... You think he's the Nomachenko? You think Richard Comey doesn't make it, or you think he TKOs him? Like, uh, TKO, TKO, like that. Yeah. Is there a certain round, or are you just gonna just say TKO? I'd say TKO. All right, so you're not you're not really sure, but you know it's gonna end by TKO. It's gonna be TKO. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Lomachenko second fight back. I thought the Nakatani fight was a showcase fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Lomachenko's still good. I think he's still good, but I think he I I've always believed he's been a lot of hype. I think ESPN has done a great job building this guy's up. Uh, yeah. Uh, career in the sense of making it seem like he's like one of the best fighters of all time. He's like I said it before, I said it again. He's no Floyd Mayweather. He's no Roy Jones. He's no Pernell Whitaker. He's just good. Is he one of those guys that was born to do this? Yeah, like there's stuff that he does. It just comes natural to him. He's really good. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he's also you know not one of the most elite fighters in the world. He, not I'm sorry, not one of the most. But like he's not in his own league. Yeah. Like I think he, belo- I think he's still he's a uh, he's dead even with some of these guys, and we saw in the in the Tiafimo Lomas fight, mm-hmm. the Lopez fight, Lomas, and the <laughs> Tiafimo Lopez fight. You tell that he's the type of guy that's sit in there. Even in the Gary Russell Jr. fight, you saw it too, where you know he was able to outbox him, but Gary did a Gary Russell was able to do a couple things there in that fight that won him a couple rounds. Like a lot of people forget that he he didn't uh dominate Gary Russell Jr. Yeah, he beat him, but I don't think he dominated Gary Russell. You know, it was a very competitive fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first couple rounds, he's going to respect um, uh, Comey's power. That's one thing you got to do is respect his power. Um, unlike Nakatani, I don't think he's going to stand in there. Because even if, if he saw the Teofimo Lopez fight, he was starting... They, they These guys were both exchanging, but... Um, Comey was able to have at least a good foot movement to at least be one step behind Tiafimo. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think for the first couple rounds, I think he'll he's gonna give Lomachenko problems. I think Lomachenko is gonna respect him. As soon as Lomachenko starts seeing the holes and starts analyzing and collecting that data, yep. I think you're gonna see Lomachenko start darting in, darting out, landing awkward punches, making a miss, making him pay. And I say, I say it goes a decision. I think Comey is young. I think Comey is sturdier than a Nakatani who has been in wars. Like I said, Nakatani's last fight before fighting Lomachenko was against uh, Felix Verdejo. And that was a tough, that was a rough and tough fight. Richard Comey um, hasn't been in those rough and tough fights. I think he's still good. I think he's fighting a, a, a prime lightweight mm-hmm. and like I said I think this goes a distance I think uh, I think Lomachenko wins decisively I think he I think he wins every round wow and, and I think the reason why is because you can't discount Richard Comey's powers 
You can't discount that. And I think that's what happened. I think against, against a guy like Nakatani, you know what you saw. Yeah. A punching bag. And no disrespect to Nakatani, but that's what you saw. You saw a punching bag that you can hammer out and do what you want. But against a uh, a guy like Richard Comey, I don't think you can pull that off. I think, like I said, Comey, 34 years old. They're all, uh, well, around the same age. Same age, yeah. I would say so, yeah. Let me look at his box track real quick. Um, do, 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 give me a sec. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 30 wins, three losses. Um, he's only been KO'd once. That was against uh, Tiafima Lopez. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he has 27 knockouts. He has a good knockout ratio. Um, he's lost to Robert Easter Jr. by split decision and Dennis Shakova by split decision. Other than that, he was on a one, two, three, four, five fight winning streak before losing to Tiafima Lopez. And then he came back to knock out Jackson Martinez. Wow. So, and other than that, his whole career has been knock TKOs, TKO, TKO, knockout, 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 TKO, this one decision, decision, TKO, TKO, split decision loss, split decision loss, decision win, TKO, 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 KO, and then got KO'd by um, by Loma Lopez. Lopez. Mm-hmm. So this guy is power. And I think Lomachenko was going to respect that. Mm-hmm. I think, to be honest, you know what this fight reminds me of? What? This fight reminds me if a... a a Nicholas Walters, the axe murderer. <laughs> the axe man. <laughs> the axe man. Not the axe murderer. The axe man. <laughs> this is that fight. Remember, remember Nicholas Walters was like at the top of his uh, the top of the division. Yep. He was looked at as one of the best fighters at a 130. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. One, the 126 that or 130, I forgot. Yeah, right. It was like around there. Yeah, they're around that way. Remember he had not fought in one year. Something like that, yeah. And he quit. He quit. But the reason why that fight was so excited because he had that fucking that that right hand that I if he lands on a Loma, that's it. That's it. This is what it is. This is if a Nicholas Walters who was in shape, who was active, would have taken. Look, see, look at that. He's like, I'm watching highlights of uh, Lomachenko Nakatani. Look at that. He was watching. He was fighting a human punching bag. Nakomi's not going to be a punching bag, and if he is, he's sturdy as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Lomachenko punches as hard as Teofimo Lopez. I think the. Uh, Lomachenko is he's like a fly just you know just swatting yeah, around that's you that's what he is yes and that's all he's gonna be but I think that because I think when Comey does land good punches to the body I think Loma's gonna be like oh let me take a step back because mm-hmm. I don't think I want to keep taking that yeah and I think that's why he's gonna go decision I think that what's gonna save Nakatani is his, um Comey is his power he's sturdy he's mm-hmm. only had three losses two decision losses and one and one knockout loss yeah other than that, he's knocked out every other opponent, which means he hasn't really taken a lot of wear and tear in the fights. Mm-hmm. That means he's still he's still good enough to stand in there and give Lomachenko a tough fight. Yeah. And especially with this division right now, you don't think that motivates a guy like Comey to be like, dude, if I beat Lomachenko, I can get that Camboza fight. I can get that TO rematch. You know, I can get... Ryan Garcia, Joseph Diaz, Devin Haney, mm-hmm. Tank. I can get a Tank fight out of this if I beat Lomachenko. Put him in the list. That puts him. You don't think that's even more motivation? Beating Lomachenko puts him in a in a pay, in the list where he's going to get paydays. Yeah. Losing the Lomachenko, he just falls behind, and we probably end up seeing him on other cards of top rank. Yeah. Look at that knockout power. Just look at that. There you see that. I just he look at that. He hit him with one good punch, and that guy didn't. He's a puncher, dude. I, I don't know. I, I I see what you're saying, the TKO, but I think he I think he's TKO. I just think he's just gonna frustrate him. That's what it is. I don't know why, I just feel that way. 
Yeah, but I think what's in it, what's in it, what's always, I think when there, he's verges of like, I think when there's moments you think he's going to get TKO'd, I think what's going to save him is his punching power. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, and then guess his right, he's a right hand. He is, his, his equalizer is his right hand. Yeah. If he can just pinpoint that right hand enough to where he can just, you know, scare Lomachenko from not wanting to come in again like that, then that's it. Look at that, dude. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is going to go decision. I don't see it any other way. I don't see another. This guy's sturdy. Might be another good fight too. That might be a good fight. Yeah. It might be another good he's fight. He's sturdy, dude. Mm-hmm. To me, he's sturdy. He went the distance with Robert Easter, and I think he gave Robert Easter a tough fight. Sturdy. To me, it's sturdy, and I think he lost the full twelve rounds. I don't see the decision. Look at that. This, he he lost by an inch against Teal. Like this was just both guys threw the same punch. It's just the Teal's landed faster. Yeah. Was, he lost by a, not even an inch, a, a millisecond. It was a millisecond of a punch that he lost. A millisecond. <laughs> and like I said, Lomachenko is, does not have the same power as a um, uh, Teofimo Lopez. Yeah. Now, all right, where does the winner go from here? Like I said, we all know what, what I just said if uh, Comey. For Lomachenko, I don't think Lomachenko is going to go across the street to the zone. He's not going to go to PBC. No. Where does Loma go if he to wins? To me, he's just. I already told you where just, Comey's going to go. Yeah, to me, he's just kind of stuck, really. He's not going to get the fucking Teal rematch. He's not going to get the Teal rematch. Uh, unless, I doubt, the, unless the rematch is 139. There we go, right? I doubt he's going to move up to 140. So this is, to me, like, okay, let's say if he wins, what? Where that, that, That's a good question. Where does he go from there? Where does he go? Another He fights another, I don't know, leftover for, from Teal or another, you know, cutest opponent? I don't see him getting a shot against uh, Cambrosis. I don't see that. Or a David Haney fight. No. Or a tank fight. I don't see that. So where does he go? I don't know. I see I say after this fight, if he can get if he cannot get the Teofimo Lopez rematch, which I don't think he's gonna get it because Teal's not gonna He's not gonna be Teal's not gonna not gonna give it he's to not. him. And if he does, he's not gonna give it to him at 135. It'll be a catch away to 137, 138. Mm-hmm. Um I say uh, Lomachenko goes down and way to 140, 130. Angles back down, huh? Fights Valdez, fights Shakur. I think the big fight is against Shakur. That'd be a good one. The big fight is against Shakur. That'd be a good fight. If Shakur Stevenson can get the the Oscar Valdez fight, mm-hmm. which I don't think that he's gonna get it, I think Bob is gonna want to build Shakur Stevenson and give him Lomachenko. Damn, just like that, just give it to him. Why not? Yep. A win for a win, a win for Vasily Lomachenko against Shakur Stevenson makes him look even better. Yeah, builds his legacy. And then sets up a Valdez versus Chenko fight. If Shakur beats Lomachenko, you get the the Oscar Valdez the Shakur Stevens gets fight even gets even bigger. Yeah. Regardless, regard regardless, I'm sorry. Top rank has fight after fight after fight mm-hmm. because then you can put Lomachenko Valdez, Lomachenko Shakur. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, yeah. You you have fights. You you have fights to put on, and I think that's what you. I think, like I said, if Lomachenko can get the Teofimo Lopez fight. I doubt he gets the Haney fight, the tank fight, anything like that. I think he he moves he moves down to one thirty to try to claim the belts there. Which I I always hear he you know that was his you know that he looked up he looked his best in that division at one thirty. So he might. Well, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens to him and everything like that. So, fuck! I was gonna say something before we. <laughs> 
I don't know. I didn't. That even... was a prediction, and then I thought we we're gonna end the show with something else that I completely forgot. I don't know. Pound for pound, list, maybe. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, that that's what we got. So this is our this is our last prediction episode. Like I said, I got Lomachenko winning by decision. B Ray got TKO. But no round, but just the win fight ends by TKO. He just gets it by TKO. He frustrates I, him. I think the quarterman just like, you know, eh, that's enough. We've seen you get embarrassed too much. I think we might see that. See, if it's like this, if I if Loma if Loma beats um Kobe like this, where mm-hmm. like I mean, like like every pun, like look right here, like that was just like you could tell it's hurting him. Then I say yes. But I think if 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 he's just frustrating him to the point where like, okay. I think the corner might let it go twelve rounds. Thinking, yeah, yeah. thinking maybe Lomachenko might get confident because this, this is the thing too. What happened? Look what uh, um, mm-hmm. Lenares did. Lenares was able to to put him down. So they might think, well, you know, if we continue going, we could put him down. Like, and yeah. we have a better power. We can put him down, and we can finally finish him. But all right, all right, and gentlemen. Again, that was our last prediction for this weekend's fight. Um, there will be no Monday review for Lomachenko. <laughs> no. That's why we gave you the what's going to happen to the winner. So, like we like we said, if Loma wins, moves out to one thirty, or move down to one thirty, or he fights Teofimo Lopez at a catch weight if it happens. And for Comey, it opens the door to possibly, you know, fighting with the rest of the four horsemen of boxing. Mm-hmm. So we give you that. So to end the show, and like I said, um, the last couple of years. What we we've done is I do a pound for pound list, an overview of the state of boxing. <laughs> and one year was so controversial that we had so many fans write me, well us, I'm sorry, and say I don't know shit about boxing that my <laughs> that I'm not a real Mexican, that um that this that this list doesn't mean shit. I mean, we're chapines, so yeah. And they were just going at me. Well, well, me because it's my list. B Ray doesn't um. Before B-Ray would have t- uh, say on this list, but B-Ray has his own set of lists of pound for pound. Mm-hmm. Now, before I can t- before I tell you my list, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my last year's list so you can see what the state of boxing yeah. was, in my view, and then now state of boxing now. Pound for pound list. A lot of people look, look at it as favoritism <laughs> of, st- of, yep. of boxers. Some people look at it as, as a political way to maneuver yourself as an A-side. To me, the pound for pound list is always and will be a list of if there was no division, if everybody fought, who would be the top guy? Right. This is this is going based on styles of the fighter. Like I said, no divisions, and everyone fought in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Who would come up on top? So this is how it's based, and this. Um, my my selection for this year is a little bit controversial. I feel I feel I'm gonna catch a lot of flack by a lot of people. And yeah, people have to complain anyway. And so I don't yeah. care. Yeah. But um, but this is my my way. And I'm just a little thing here. Um, the way the pound for pound list was created back in the day, Sugar Robinson was the welterweight champion of the world. Mm-hmm. No, nobody wanted to fight him. Nobody, nobody, to the point that Sugar Ray Robinson moved up to middleweight, and even the middleweight tried to avoid him. So Ring Magazine decided to create a mythical chart, a mythical uh, <laughs> belt called the Pound for Pound. Yep. Because nobody wanted to find him because at you gotta remember back in the day there was only welterweight and middleweight. So you went from 147 to 160. That's very true. There was no in-between fight. There was fights. no 154 at the time. There was no catch weights. Nope. It was either you're a welterweight or you're a middleweight. Mm-hmm. So 
for a guy like Sugar Robinson who had fought some of the five best fighters at welterweight, couldn't get a fight at welterweight because nobody wanted to fight him. He had to look at middleweight, fought a couple times, and even the top middleweights didn't want to fight him. <laughs> nobody wanted to fight him. So, like I said, Ring Magazine decided to come out with pound for pound. Because who else besides, um, you know, um, uh, Henry Armstrong was mm-hmm. going up from division to division fighting? The difference with Henry Armstrong, he was just going to division to test himself. This is the guy that just wanted to look for competition because yeah. nobody wanted to nobody fight him. Nobody wanted to fight him. So they decided to make the the this division as if if this guy can go up two divisions, imagine if he can go to like heavyweight, heavyweight, you know. What if, what what happens if he can go down to lightweight? What happens if he can go down to bantamweight, yeah. flyweight? Like this, that that was it was it was an idea that came out and said if he does this, imagine if he can fight if he can fight everyone in every division, how would he fare? So when I make this list, it's the same thing. How would these fighters fare if they fought in a in a in a mythical weight division? Weight division, yep. If they're all in the same division, right? So that's yeah. that's the way I base my list on. It's mm-hmm. skills. It's on skills, not popularity, not how much money they got in their bank account, not how many pay per view buys, not how many ticket sales. It's based on skills. Yeah. So I want to let that be known before I talk. Before I go on continuing. So let me pull up 2020's pound for pound list. So, I'm gonna go from top to bottom. No, I'll go from the bottom to the top. Yeah. At number ten in twenty in twenty twenty, I had Alexander Usyk at number ten. Wow. Okay. I thought he was the undisputed cruiserweight yeah. champion who had already fought a couple. Who had already fought twice at at heavyweight. But I said, if he can get, if he can work the formula, he'll probably be a good heavyweight yeah. champion. And I was right. Mm-hmm. At number nine, I had Inoue. Mm-hmm. The Bantamweight King, who right now has nobody challenging him. Nope. Besides Nonito Dornier, who's fighting this week, I think this weekend or next I think week? so, this weekend, I think. Yeah. You know, but other than that, he's starting He's starting to live up to the name The Monster at Bantamweight at 118. Mm-hmm. The next thing would have to be him moving up in weight. But Inoue was my number nine pick at 2020. At number eight, the great Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. This is the Manny Pacquiao that had just come off the win against Keith Thurman. And I said, if Manny Pacquiao is able to defeat Earl Spence, that would mark him as maybe one of the best fighters of the the era who had fought the best fighters of his generation and the new generation. Mm -hmm. I had him at number eight. At number seven, I had, at that time, the unified heavyweight champion of the world, Anthony Joshua. I thought, shit, dude. Anthony Joshua reclaimed the belt. He defended it against fucking... uh, What's his face? Bell, whatever. Joseph Parker, maybe? No, I no, could no. be wrong. Yeah. At number six, I had the unified, the kingpin of the division, Jermaine Charlo at 154. I go, mm-hmm. dude, he holds all the belts except for one. And yeah. I and my mentality was, he's going to get that belt to become undisputed. Yep. He deserves to be here. Yeah. <laughs> at number five, Tiafimo Lopez. Even though we were going into 2020, he didn't fight when he said he was going to fight. I was still in the mentality of, Dude, he's just good. Yeah. Keep him on the list. At number four, Vasily Lomachenko. Yep. Even though he lost, he was still a good fighter who I believe would would give everybody problems below him. At number three, Terrence Crawford. (laughs) The level of opposition. Yeah. I was like, "Mm, 
the, the diets he's taking, mm-hmm. you know, if he keeps fighting this type of fight, I'm going to have to take him off the list because he's not really challenging himself. Everyone on this list has at least challenged themselves. Crawford isn't. Again, this is my mentality going to 2020. Going, coming into 2019, going to 2020. No, no, going 2020. Go yeah. ahead, going 2020. Yeah. Yep, yep. At number two, Earl Spence. Mm-hmm. I thought Earl Spence had had proven himself that he had come back from his injury by defeating Danny Garcia. And I said, sky's the limit for him. Yeah. And at number one, I had Canelo Alvarez. Yep. I said, Canelo Alvarez, you know, I think he had just, what, fought a light heavyweight? No, no, no. He, I think he fought Callum Smith that year in 2020. Yeah, he fought Callum Smith. S- wait, wait. Yeah, in 2020, he 20, fought Callum Smith. And then I think he fought Kovalev. The, no, no, he fought. He fought Kovalev in 2019. Yeah, November 2019. So I had Canelo Alvarez at number one. Um. That 2020, nobody gave me shit about it. I think it was 20, my 2019 list that people gave me a lot of shit for. Yeah. But that was my mentality, and that was the state of box. That was, to me, the state of boxing. Mm-hmm. And the reason, I think, people, no, the reason why people found it very disrespectful because I put Lomachenko number four. Mm-hmm. Instead, they wanted me to have number one, Canelo or Crawford. Right. And they wanted number three to be Lomachenko. Lomachenko, mm, Lomachenko kind of fell off. All right, so that's my list for 2020. Now, ending the year, going to 2020, ending 2021, this is my brand new list. All right, then. And I'm going this time from the bottom to the top. All right. Because I've had people who have heard this show this whole year and know my how I look at certain fighters. And some people call me biased. Some people call me, <laughs> you know, unrealistic. And uh-huh. some people say I'm, you know, iffy about my boxing. But yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. At number 10, Tiafimo Lopez. Yes, he lost to George Camboza, but he didn't get embarrassed. Yeah. It was a tough, close fight mm-hmm. that it could have been a draw. Yeah. Teofimo Lopez still shows he, he can win. If Teofimo Lopez can fix whatever happened, and I don't want to go into the whole, you know, he had a messed up chest. Right. It doesn't mm-hmm. help that there's a picture of you smoking hookah. There's, <laughs> it doesn't help that you there was a video of you getting punched by this fucking muscle-bound steroid user oh, in that. your chest. It doesn't help. What does what the what I want to see is you back at your form. Mm-hmm. We saw a glimpse of what your full potential can be when you follow Lomachenko. So we know you can get there. Mm-hmm. If you can just cut the bullshit and get there, psh, yeah. sky's the limit for you, man. I agree. At number nine, he fought this past weekend. I felt he proved another another side of him. Gervonta Tank Davis. Gervonta Tank Davis is not just a knockout artist. The man can box. Yes, he has holes in his defense, but just like most, just like um, many many punchers, what's going to save him is his knockout. Yeah. And I felt that this past Saturday night, like I said. He showed a new wrinkle in his game. He can box you. He can knock you out. Or he can do both. Mm-hmm. This past Saturday, he was trying to do both. Injured his hand. So we saw what he can do. He has heart. He continued the fight. He could have called it quits many times. Yeah. The way they handle it, he could have called it quits. He didn't. At number eight, Vasily Lomachenko. Even though he's fighting Teofimo leftovers, <laughs> I still think he is still competitive enough to be on the list. Yeah. His skills are still good enough to basically give anybody problems. Like we just mentioned in the prediction mm-hmm. episode, Richard Comey, he'll give him problems. I think he he's still a formidable opponent. I think the era of Lomachenko has been there, done that. 
I think we're seeing the last stretch of Lomachenko. I'm not saying he's old, but I think um, as the sport evolves, Lomachenko is going to be kind of like that guy, that gatekeeper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That gatekeeper. You beat Loma, you're good. Mm -hmm. You don't, you're not that good. All right. At number seven, the undisputed 140-pound champion, Josh Taylor. Dude fought in the fucking Muhammad Ali series. Yeah, he did. And then what does he do? He fights Jose Ramirez for the undisputed belt. Mm -hmm. That guy's good. I think uh, if he can healthy, if he can make the weight healthy, and and wait another year, he'll get some good fights. Oh yeah, he he would. Tio's coming. Right. Devin's coming. Tank is there. Ryan might show up mm-hmm. if he ever gets out of out of his ass and out of <laughs> if he takes his head out of his ass. Yeah, yeah. It it'll be a talented division. I think we're gonna see um, how good Josh Taylor really is. We saw a glimpse of it already yep. by beating Prograde and beating Ramirez. Yep. I think you'll see more of Josh Taylor at 140 if he can make it healthy. If, he can make if it. not, I think um, he'll be he'll make a great uh, great addition to the welterweight division, mm-hmm. which at this moment is looking for a new injection of new blitz. Yeah. And I think Josh Taylor would make a great addition to the World Division as a new blood. Fuck oh, fuck yeah. I agree. At number six, Inoue. Mm-hmm. Again, he's the fucking monster of the 126-pound division. He basically obliterated every opponent except for Nonito Donaire, which Donaire gave him problems. And Donaire might be the guy that we might see the rematch and we might see what adjustments Inoue does. But so far, yeah. 126, he's really good. Um, I think... I know 180. I'm sorry. I think I can. I see him moving up to 126 next. I see him too. No, 122. I'm sorry. 122. Oh, okay. I think he moves up to 122 next. I think he's a monster, and I think you can't contain that monster for too long. Mm-hmm. I think they might just try to jump up to another division. Um, I'm not jumping on the hype train, but if I'm Bob Barham and I've said it before, you're looking for the next agent sensation. <laughs> this is your guy. Yep. You move him to another division to show how strong he is. Yep. So Inoue is a number six. At number five, you have the lineal WBC heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury. Bob said it earlier in today's episode. He could take a punch, and he moves like a welterweight. In this era, he takes a punch. He takes a punch. In this era, he moves yeah. like a welterweight. Tyson Fury, right now, is, besides Usyk, maybe one of the best boxing minds in the heavyweight division. Oh, yeah. Oh, so. yeah, for sure. And number four, I got Earl Spence Jr., Yes, he has. He uh, had to had to pull out of his fight against Manny Pacquiao, yeah. which would have been maybe the icing in the cake in his Walter <laughs> resume. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't take away that he is the man of welterweight. Yeah. Yes, he does have a counterpart in Terrence Crawford, but he's still the man of welterweight with the best welterweight resume. Besides Sean Porter, this guy had the best welterweight resume. That's very true. And his style right now, like <laughs> relentless. Very relentless. We'll see what he still has after uh, the, his eye, um, the repair he had on his mm-hmm. eye. We'll see. Does is he still going to be the same Earl Spence, or are we going to see a different Earl Spence? Yeah. The Just, world will have to on, wait and see. Yeah, we're all curious on that. At number three, Alexander Usyk, the unified heavyweight champion. I had him at number ten number last 10, year. Man. Yeah, I moved up. <laughs> Jumped up from ten to three. For him to come in uh, to England. And to basically take the title mm-hmm. from Joshua, he deserved the number three spot. Yeah. He deserved it. 
All right. At number two, he was starting to start falling down the list. <laughs> I believe me, ladies and gentlemen, there were times where I was going to take him off the list before the oh, yeah. before the year ended. I yeah. told I told B Ray this because there was no way you could keep having his top ranked diet and still be considered one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. Terrence Crawford. Yep. Terrence Crawford was at number four, has now moved up to number two in the pound for pound list. Oh, no, he was always at number two. No, he's number three. And he was he number, number three. three. Yep. Moved up to number two. His win against Sean Porter. Oh, yeah. Say what you want. Oh, Sean didn't have it. Sean was really not. No, he beat Sean Porter. He beat him. He passed the Porter test. And he did what I never thought he was going to do. Put down Sean put Porter. Put him down, yep. I never thought that. Me either. Terrence Crawford, at this moment, is the number two best pound for pound fighter in the world. Mm-hmm. Which, if going on my base means he basically would beat or be in competitive matches against everyone below him. Yep. Including Errol Spence, who I have oh, yeah. at number four. Yep. Until proven otherwise, he's still number two. Guy is a switch hitter, but yep. let's be honest, he's a southpaw with a killer fucking like ruthless mentality. Mm-hmm. He's a oh, ruth- yeah. he's a ruthless vato. So and at number one, <laughs> shockingly, he stayed in for another year. <laughs> now I had I had Gabriel tell me you're gonna have that spot vacant. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Canelo Alvarez is at number one on my pound for pound list for the end of the year of 2021. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know I've gone on the record and said he's not the greatest fighter of all time. You know, he's good. To me, constant professional. I think besides Terrence Crawford, this is another guy that doesn't sit on his wins. No, he does not. A guy that is a boxer first, businessman later. A true throw back to the old fighter that you know stays in shape mm-hmm. all year long preparing for the next fight but at the same time fine tuning and sharpening his tools Canelo Alvarez basically wiped out the entire 160 pound division 68 in, 68 mm-hmm. in 11 months it hasn't been seen but you guys already know when I when what I think of the super middleweight division <laughs> yep oh yeah we all know that moving forward he has the final touches to his legacy. Charlo, Benavides, Bivolt, Joe Smith, Better VF. He has those great, all those fighters to basically put the last touches to his legacy. Yep. If he can pull this off and win, I think he can probably put himself as maybe the best Mexican fighter of all time. Really? If he can go into these fights and win them all. But going to Bridgerway doesn't prove shit. No. Doesn't no no going to cruiserweight doesn't cruiserweight I think right well he'll probably go to bridgeweight too but um Kenan Alvarez skill wise unmatched I think he fights Crawford I think it'll be a competitive match but I think Canelo pulls it off I think like I said Canelo beats every beats or is competitive with every single fighter on this list oh yep Canelo Alvarez is a constant evolving fighter who has right now maybe one of the hottest trainers in the sport. Who don't does they don't sit on their they don't sit on on what they did, they keep improving. Yeah. Name the last time Canelo got hit with the same punches got hit in the last. Um, I can't remember now. Constant professional. I remember. So, that. ladies and gentlemen, that is my pound for pound list for twenty twenty one. B Ray, is there any comments you have for that? Uh, no, really, it's it all makes sense, really, honestly. But of course, the ones that don't really have much brains are not gonna really, really be happy about this at all. 
but this is not this is to me not something to really argue hardcore there's a you you gave us a reason by the way you just, just didn't name them you gave them a reason why they're on this list why you know why on that on that spot so i really can't complain off of that not at all thank you <laughs> um but no that's my list for this mm-hmm. year i mean like i said i always end the year off with uh yeah thing but because i'm leaving oregon next week and then of course christmas and new year's are on the way this is the last episode so we had to drop this yeah um i will be doing the poster for my powerful pound list and that one will drop on uh new year's day new year's day okay that one is still the same tradition new year's day power pound list yeah so you guys exclusively just heard the list but you guys won't see the list physically see the list until new year's day yeah so if you guys are not listeners and you guys just talk shit to me on New Year's Day, it shows you guys are not listeners. <laughs> so, Bebire, I mean, I know we said our thank yous, we said our thanks. I want to thank you for another. I want to thank you for being here. Um, yeah, you've been a great co-host. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy doing the show with you. Me too, man. I, I, the, me too. I know there were episodes where I did them by myself, and I was like, fuck. But you've been a great co-host. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you. I appreciate your insight as much as people go there. Oh, Bebire doesn't do his homework. You don't, but sometimes you, uh, you're 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 spot on. I think this year your win ratio was pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah I felt that too. Your win ratio. I think next year we got it. We have to put how what our win ratio is for the year. I think we should do that. That's pretty fun. I think That's we should do that. I think fun. we should do a win ratio for this. Mm-hmm. You know, see what a win. You know, who knows better? Who predicts better? <laughs> who predicts better? Yeah, that'd be pretty. But funny. um, thank you. I appreciate oh, you. Thank, being, hey, thank you being on the show here with me yeah. for this year especially physically this is the first time we did an entire almost fit we ended the year it here in the studio yeah you know doing it i want to thank you i want to thank the fans for tuning in for being loyal listeners for always commenting always subscribing being super fans just being fans in general mm-hmm. like i said last week without you guys we wouldn't be here um me and b-ray would still talk boxing but we wouldn't be talk we wouldn't be putting it out there if it wasn't for you guys exactly Exactly. So, but uh, no, I, you know, I also want to say say thank you for you know, thanks for being you know a little patient with me because if you all far remember when I was uh, moving over here, Jay did the show, you know, by himself. I don't know how many episodes in total, right? When I told him I'm about to move in, so I want to say thanks for that too. You know, thanks for being patient, right? And uh, and thanks for you know ha- lending me a hand. By the way. Not you know, no one knows so much of this because I, you know, I'm I'm a private person when it comes to that. But uh, just know that when I was dealing with my own shit, right? Jay over here and you know gave me a hand, right? Gave me a hand, and I want to say thank you for that for you and your wife. And as I said in the beginning of the episode, I really cannot wait to you know just just finish the year. I want to finish the year strong, so I can start really fresh for 2022. Put everything behind me already. So I can't wait for that. Thank you. Thank you, you know, Miss Kitty. Thanks. Um, <laughs> anyone, everyone that is involved in the Rambling Network, you know, you all, thank you for making me laugh as well. <laughs> thank you, you know, for for you guys that, you know, that continue to listen to us, for downloading, you know, this, this these episodes, subscribing to us. Thank you for it. You know, I can't wait for another great year. Thanks. That's Same the, here. Really, yeah. But um, yeah, guys. I mean, guys, enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your uh, your New Year's with your yeah. family. Be safe. Drink responsibly. I won't these next three weeks. <laughs> um, 
if you guys like this episode, if you guys have any suggestions on your pound for pound, if you guys have your own pound for pound list, oh yeah, DM us. us. Yeah, yeah we, I'd love to live to see it. I always like seeing another pound for pound list. But other than that, guys, we're gonna sign off. We're gonna get ready. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. All right, bro. Well, <laughs> man. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. This is all I got. This is all I got.